This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time for Emergence News on Plains FM 96.9, citizen-made radio. And welcome to Emergence News. During this program, we're going to discuss oligarchy and hierarchy, two terms that are incredibly relevant in today's changing times. Is one going out and is one coming in? But first, we're Emergence News. We are bringing you the story of an emerging avatar. The avatar for this time, the world teacher, the Lord of Love, the teacher of angels and men alike. I have a question for our listeners. If Buddha were alive today and was giving talks near you, say in a large stadium, or even on YouTube or television, would you attend? Would you be interested? If Jesus were alive today, doing a world tour, would you catch him somewhere? Would you attend? I'd love to hear Muhammad speak. I would sit in a crowd and listen intently to Krishna. Imagine spending time in the presence of those teachers and getting the latest updates directly from the source, avoiding the confusion interpretation and outright manipulation of religion. I would go. I want to say hi to Shafir and Peter. Hello. Hi there, John. Who are in the studio with me today. Um, Shafir, would you go? Definitely. Peter? Yeah, I'll be there. Okay, who would be on your top billing? Buddha, Muhammad, um, Jesus, well, Krishna? Uh, Buddha, as we know him, the fifth Buddha, and we know him as uh, as the Christ. Mm. Mm, cool. Okay. Um, so, Shafia, who is this avatar of whom I speak? Of course, it's Maitreya. <laughs> mm-hmm. Peter, what does Maitreya and his emergence mean for you? Well, he is, as you said, the teacher, and he's the teacher for all men, whether you've got a religion or not. So you don't need a religion. You just need to uh, have goodwill, I suppose, in your heart. And uh, if you've got the teacher, teacher's teaching in your heart, you have him in the heart. You know, you have that already. Shafia, of the avatars I've mentioned, which one is the one that resonates with you? If What, to go and see? I would yeah. go and see Jesus, I think, because ah. I, yeah, because it's, uh, you know, I mean, my chair and Jesus are very close, but yes. he's been my sort of, you know... Um, I suppose I was brought up in Christianity, so... Yeah. Yeah, okay. so... Mm. Cool. Okay, so we're going to start with looking at those two terms. I'm going to start with a brief definition of oligarchy and hierarchy, and then um, Shafia and Peter are going to expand on those topics. So when we come back, I'll kick off with some definitions. And welcome back. And I, my name is John, and I'm in the studio with Shafia and Peter. I'm going to give a brief overview of the term oligarchy. It's one of my favourite words at the moment. Uh, and in fact, it's oligarchy. It rolls off the mouth. It's almost violent, isn't it? Oligarchy. I love it. And I love it because, for me, it sums up a lot of what's going on on dear old planet Earth at the moment. I've gone to Britannica Online. And I've looked up the definition of oligarchy. Listen to this 
and see if it rings any bells for you. It's government by the few, especially despotic power exercised by a small and privileged group for corrupt or selfish needs. I suspect that corrupt and selfish are the same thing. Oligarchies in which members of the ruling group are wealthy or exercise their power through their wealth are known as plutocracies. Aristotle used the term uh, oligarchy to designate the rule of a few when it was exercised not by the best but by bad persons unjustly. In this sense, oligarchy is a debased form of aristocracy. Most classic oligarchies have resulted when governing elites were recruited exclusively from a ruling caste. A hereditary social grouping, religion, kinship, economic uh, status, prestige, or even language. Such elites tend to exercise power in the interest of their own class. What shock horror revelation is that? <laughs> okay. Webster, sorry, uh, Britannica goes online to say oligarchs will secure effective control whether the formal authority is vested in the people, a monarch, a proletariat or a dictator. Thus Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels insisted that throughout the history of capitalism, the key capitalists had control of government. I suspect that's still present now mm. on this dear old planet Earth. Now, here's a final quote from Britannica. Some political scientists have argued that the contemporary United States is an oligarchy or a plutocracy because its great wealth inequality enables economic elites and corporations to influence public policy to their advantage, often against the preferences of the majority of ordinary citizens. May I suggest to you people in the studio with me and our dear listeners that is happening today on our planet. Let's talk about hierarchy. Now I think when Shafia asked me to define, find the definition of hierarchy, she was setting me up. <laughs> uh, so I went to the Merriam and Webster dictionary online definition of hierarchy. Number one, a division of angels. I'm a little suspicious, uh, Shafia, because I think that's what you're going to talk about. Number two, a ruling body of clergy organised into orders or ranks, each subordinate to the one above, i.e. the bishops of a province or nation. Uh, a couple of other terms that come out, a body of persons in authority, the classification of a people, a group of people according to ability or to economic, social or professional standing. So hierarchy can actually be healthy if it relates to a group of people according to ability. Yes. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, the earliest meaning of hierarchy in English has to do with the ranks of different types of angels in the celestial order. The idea of categorizing groups according to rank readily transferred to the organization of priestly or other government rule. Isn't it interesting that the priests would take a system designed for angels and apply it to themselves? Yes. <laughs> Herein, I suggest, is the problem with modern religion. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going. <laughs> Lovely to see you back here, and we're going to come back with Shafir in a minute. This is the Emergence News on Plains FM. For more information, go to shareinternational.org. Welcome back, listeners, if there's any of you left <laughs> after that little intro. And actually, I just want to report that Peter, our producer, tried to cut me out. I think there's an oligarchy going on here. Anyway, Shafia, what have you got for us? I'm going to be talking about the 
esoteric hierarchy. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> and explaining what is it, what does it consist of, and what's its purpose. So to really understand these questions would require a work and study that most people today do not have the willingness or the time to pursue. And even then, with our level of consciousness, we would not be able to grasp anything but the ABCs of a vast and very complex subject. Today, I'm sharing a few of the basic concepts drawn from Alice Bailey's book, Initiation, Human and Solar, which is the first of the blue books released in 1922 in response to humans demanding more knowledge and understanding. We have been told, ask and ye shall receive, and when the student is ready, the teacher or teachings will appear. And the esoteric teachings gradually becoming more esoteric and available to anyone who seeks it is a case in point. So, hierarchy. From what we know, the present hierarchy of our planet arrived approximately 18 million years ago. It's a long time, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, during what was called the Lemurian Age. This period of time was the age when the physical body of humanity became perfected. The astral or feeling... Speak for yourself! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's been a while since I was here, sorry. I know. The astral or feeling body was developing and there was the beginning of a germ of a mind body. Animal man had developed enough to be a fit receptacle for souls to incarnate into dense physical matter. And I was thinking at the time of, you know, when Darwin came out with this theory of evolution, you know, that the church said, no, 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 um, you know, God made everything. And actually, they're both right, aren't they? Yes. You know, that, and, and, and as we evolve more, you know, the esoteric teachings are showing us that actually there are two sides to each story and both are correct, you know. But I think Darwin accurately tracked the evolution of the animal body. The physical body, yes. Yeah. Yes, the physical body. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then it became available for to be able to host a human consciousness. Souls and incarnation. Yeah. Yeah. So we're told that left to itself, animal mind would progress very slowly. It would have taken aeons to um, get anywhere near where we are. And so a decision was made by a great being to sacrifice himself to further the evolution of the human race. This being is known as Sanat Kumara, also known as the Ancient of Days and the Lord of the World. He is the Father in Heaven we pray to, but if you were to meet him apparently, he would appear as a young man of eternal youth, not the old man with a beard that has been the common conception throughout the ages. He came with a group to whom he was karmically connected from a much higher evolutionary system. Due to the high vibrational level he has achieved, he is not able to descend into dense physical matter we are clothed in. However, he is physically present on the world, living at a centre called Shambhala, which is the parliament buildings, if you will, of the, of the planetary hierarchy. This is situated in etheric matter in the Gobi Desert, as humanity evolves and develops, or shall I say, reclaims its etheric vision, Shambhala will be visible and known to all. Which will be wonderful, won't it? We are all getting there. Having this great being embodying our planetary system means that we are continuously receiving great stimulus, which is fast tracking our evolutionary progress, even though to us it seems like it's very slow. <laughs> <laughs> Once the decision to stimulate ev evolution was made, everything was systemized, departments and offices created, and a plan made. All was brought under the conscious, wise guidance of elder brothers who chose to sacrifice and guide humanity to become the perfected beings we're all destined to be. So who are the personnel of the hierarchy? 
Sanat Kamara is the Lord of this world, our God in heaven, so to speak. We must remember, too, that he is part of and an evolutionary spiral, a reflection of a solar hierarchy, which he would call his God. And that goes on to great cosmic evolutionary systems that are way beyond anything we're capable of understanding as yet. One day, perhaps. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Under Sanat Kumara are the three Kumaras or the Buddhas of activity, which are reflections of the seven rays. And there's another three as well, but they work esoterically. And the seven rays stream to us from the solar system. And we've talked about those in the yes, past, haven't we? So, Peter, what is your dominant ray? Um, ray 2. Mm, yes. Love of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Ray 2 as well. I think Me we too. All are. Yeah, I think we, we, we grade, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 40% of the world is Ray 2. Ray two. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> well, then we have three departmental heads, and these are called the Manu, who wields the will aspect of creation. It is the destructive energy that breaks down old, worn out forms to create new forms fit for purpose. Maitreya in his messages talks about breaking the old bottles and creating others fit for the new wine of the time. And this is what they they are, the Ray One. Um, the Mano deals with the form aspect of creation, not just the dense physical form, but for many the, the many structures that support the growth of human consciousness, both visible and invisible. The second is the Bodhisattva, the Christ, the world teacher, who our listeners will know as Maitreya, We talk about him in every program. He is the great Lord of love, the aspect that awakens us to the spiritual aspect of ourselves, the indwelling consciousness that unites us all as one with all creation. And the third head of department is the Mahakohen, and he is the sum total of the intelligence aspect, fostering and strengthening the relationship between spirit and matter. He manipulates his the forces of nature and is the emanating source of all electrical energy. So, three of the department heads. Yes, that's right. Another aspect of the hierarchy are the four great laws of karma who oversee the karmic balancing of world, racial, national, group and individual karma. They maintain the Akashic records of every thought, word and deed ever created. So that in our time between incarnations, we can review and learn from the life just lived, which I suppose that's the uh, the similar to the Book of Judgment in the Christian. But it's a bit mind blowing, isn't it, to think that every thought, word, and deed is recorded and by whatever systems are in place and there for us to access and to understand and that we all have a karmic reaction to them. It's mm. incredible. Yeah, so um, it's, it's like planetary Google, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, you know, it's just mind-blowing, really, how, how it could actually sort of, you know, work and be and, you know. I'm actually speechless. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I can think of some of the things I've said and done. Yeah. I know. That I, I know. don't want recorded. Yes. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So working with these heads of departments are the masters. The master Jupiter, who is the eldest of the masters, and the master Moira work with the Manu. um, They're both first-ray masters, the will aspect. And it was interesting to me to see just their two names on on underneath the Manu because um, humanity is still developing the will aspect. So I suspect that as we evolve, there'll be more first-ray masters 
joining the ranks. Yes, but uh, Maitreya too is bringing in the will aspect um, as well, isn't he? Yes, 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 uh, he's stimulating it. It's not just love wisdom, he will be bringing in the the will aspect as well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and working with the Christ are the Master Kutumi, who will take on the role of the Christ in the next age, the Master Dwal Kul, who has brought in a lot of the... um, uh, sort of information yeah, and the the teachings, yeah. teachings yeah. and a European master and remember they're all working with the love aspect and fostering of the indwelling consciousness of humanity and they're all Ray too. so the majority of the masters seem to be working with the Mahakohan the um, lord of civilization who is strengthening the relationship between spirit and matter and here we find the masters Jesus, Seraphis, Rakotsi, Hilarion, and the Venetian master. And they all have masters working with them. There are 63 masters in all working with human evolution. And they are all in, in, in incarnation, some in the dense physical, as we are, and the others in etheric matter, which is still considered physical matter. Eventually, according to Benjamin Krem, there'll be 44, I think, isn't there, living and working among us as men among men. And then working with all these are the initiates, disciples, and those who are consciously or unconsciously drawn onwards on the evolutionary spiral. And I've deliberately chosen the words working with rather than working under because Maitreya often talks about how we should not put him or anyone above or below ourselves. He constantly stresses our equality, even though it feels obvious to us that he is way beyond us in his evolutionary development. Mm. And I was thinking of, you know, sort of like a a man-made hierarchy, say of a hospital, you know, where you've got the porters and the cleaners and the, you know, going right up to the consultants and... You know, actually, each one is so important, isn't it? Because you Mm. couldn't have the consultants, you know, transporting people around or cleaning the wards and everything. Everybody has to work together to create a create a system. But the consultant needs to understand that they can't work without the support of the cleaners and the porters. That's right. Yes. And the administration people and the telephonists. That's right. That that that's where I think that that this spiritual hierarchy understands that that everybody is important and everybody is valued and it we've all got to work together to create you know to get to the goal that we're aiming to get at. Okay. So really, what you're saying is oligarchy is on the way out, and hierarchy is on the way in. Yes. But it's hierarchy related to evolution. Yes. Point of evolution. Yes. That is the qualification. Yes. Yes, I think so. Shafia, thank you very much. Now, for those of listeners out there that are gagging to hear from Peter, <laughs> Peter's fan base, um, he's coming shortly. So don't go. Peter will be with us soon. Thanks very much, Shafia. Um You've just made my day with that stuff, so thank you. Peter, you've got really big boots to follow, my friend. Um, Bring us home. You've got eight minutes. Thanks very much, John. Um, The oligarchs of the world see a world government that they can control as their end goal. Yes. (laughs) This materialistic viewpoint will stimulate discussion by the thinking population as to, is this what humanity wants? If not, then what do we want? Do we want justice and caring for all people on the planet? Or do we want a totalitarian regime? Mm. The rich and powerful already control 90% of the media, including social media. So it's hard to have balanced discussion on any subject. Science has traditionally had researchers posit a theory, then put it up for discussion. 
and if it can weather the disagreements and criticisms, it might well become the new truth. The Big Bang Theory is a case in point. And even now, after all this time, there are many detractors who see, some, see things in a different way. I think that's probably because truth is never really... truth. There is truth, but yeah. our understanding of it changes, doesn't it? Yes, you know? that's right. It's you a know? developing um, aspect. I it? think there's truth, there's universal truth, and yeah. then there's perspective. Yes. And yeah. most of us swim in the pond of perspective. Yes, that's right. We rarely visit the pond or the ocean of truth. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that just came out of nowhere. <laughs> Very good job. <laughs> So to follow the science is a dynamic process and must be open to robust discussion and not succumb to cliches and propaganda. This is a great time to develop our critical thinking and this is the role of the fifth root race to which all humanity belongs. As we have mentioned before, the rich and powerful have the ability to pay for the international bodies like World Health Organization and influence the decisions that they make. It is well known that the big pharma campaigners have swinging doors with the regulating bodies and offer lucrative retirement jobs to kind regulating officers. How else do they get indemnity from any harm their drugs do? Governments around the world have the ability to see through the influence peddlers and the materialistic oligarchs and reject their propaganda. The coming out into the world of the masters and Maitreya, the teacher, will give great guidance in the area, in this area, as they can see into the heart of everyone, and lies will be exposed, and so the development of humanity's thinking capacity will be enhanced, and slavery will not be tolerated of the mind or the body. Now, we have a little master's message here from Benjamin I'm just letting him master. I just let him go. Just go, Peter. Just take us home, buddy. And it's titled Magic, Black and White. Several years ago, I suggested in these articles that before long we would see the advent of new and wonderful technologies which would enhance the life experience of all. Included in these advances, I wrote, would be many new approaches to healing and the eradication of disease. Now, as the century's end draws near, we are beginning to see the manifestation of this new technology, which in many different applications will revolutionise conditions on Earth. A beginning is being made in what has been termed genetic engineering, and some think with dire results. Many of the experiments now being conducted are along right lines and augur well for the future. Many already contribute to human well-being and happiness and enrich men's lives. However, not all that is being done can be seen as harmless or for the ultimate benefit of mankind. Many are the experiments carried out behind closed and secret doors which add not a whit to man's understanding of nature or the laws which govern life. Great care must accompany the exploration of the process by which life finds form. Too great a focus on the material form itself and the means by which it can be manipulated can lead to disaster. Much that is being done today for this reason under the head heading of black magic. In the popular mind, black magic consists of rituals and ceremonies devoted to the devil and his nefarious ways 
while many such rituals do indeed take place and are more common and more widespread than many might suppose. From the viewpoint of the masters, true black magic is magic misapplied, restricted exclusively to the manipulation of matter. It is here that the White Lodge parts company with the dissidents of form. For the master, magic consists of the organization of all necessary aspects for the enhancement of consciousness, and thus of evolution. For them, the form is but a means whereby life finds expression and not of itself a principle or of a major importance. For this reason, they watch with concern the application of a purely materialistic view of life in the experiments now being conducted in hospitals and laboratories around the world. Human individuality is sacred and all perfectionment proceeds through the laws of evolution and karma. No two human beings are or ever can be alike. Yet soon evidence will be forthcoming that the perfect human being is now achievable by genetic engineering techniques. Here indeed is the misuse of man's divine powers. To see man as a plant or a strain of corn open to manipulative techniques of perfectionment is to ignore man's innate divinity and the spiritual basis of life. Sadly, even as it dawns, the new and life-enhancing knowledge is being corruptly applied, not necessarily for monetary gain, but out of a mistaken concept of the meaning and purpose of life. Soon steps must be taken to slow the progress of this materialistic science to better oversee the directions in which ambitious minds are moving and to safeguard for future generations a science based on life and not alone on form. Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you, Shafiya.